Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader Stay Home Puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Lotus Time on the Ben Jarofsky Show as I speak. It's Thursday, June 24th, 2021. I'm going to read you the headline in today's newspaper. It's going to be apropos to the last question I asked my distinguished guest. Why choose Democrats seek to fund and reform the police? Defund the police, reform the police, run away from the issue? That's uh, on my mind. We've been talking a lot about in Chicago. We're going to make you hold off till we get to that part of the discussion uh, with my distinguished guest, because we're going to start with a few other topics. So without further ado, I will now ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. Introduce yourself, distinguished guest. <laughs> what is going on, everybody? This is Serge Vicente from the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. I'm here to talk about everything, everything that Ben needs to talk about. We can debunk some things. We can stand stand tall with some things, but I'm looking forward to it. All right. Very good. That's excellent, Sergio. And uh, so, folks, let me just say this. Uh, Back in the days when I was at the studio, Sergio was a frequent guest on the show. He has since gone big time to Los Angeles uh, and uh, is doing very well in the podcasting game. I can learn a lot from him. Uh, The thing I liked about Sergio... Uh, other than the fact that I've known him since he was like eight or whatever, is that <laughs> the man has versatility. He could talk sports. He could talk fighting. He could talk, well, that is sports. He could talk basketball, uh, and he could talk politics. So we're going to bring in some political discussion at the end, and I've already teased what we're going to get into because the last time Sergio was on the show, we talked about policing. I don't know if you remember that, Sergio. I do, but absolutely. The, the reason I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago when I did was I'm an old fight fan. I go back to the 70s, Ali, Frazier, and I don't want to be the old guy, but I am the old guy in the room, okay? Like your dad. We're the old guys in the room, Sergio, (laughs) and please help me. I'm struggling. I reached out to you. The Mayweather, I did not fall for it, 
the Mayweather Paul fight. I have fight in quotes. I did not fall for it. I thought about. I think it was like I forget what the cost was for pay per view. I thought about with my friends watching, and I go, no, I, I have too much pride. I have too much dignity. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I won't do it. But sucker, I have my hand in the air. I'm making a confession to you right now, Sergio. I followed it round. <laughs> I followed it round by freaking round on my cell phone. So I am a sucker and a sap. Now, you know the fight game better than anybody. So please explain true. to me your thoughts on celebrities fighting boxers. Uh, whether you think it is taking us destroying the great sport of boxing, or do you think I'm just an old timer who needs to get with the times? Please help me, Sergio. Well, look, I, I'll be very honest with you. And when you first hear these things, you see these matchups, it drives you crazy. As a legitimate fight fan, it should almost drive you crazy because you're looking at it and you, we want, we, we care about legacy as fans because that's what they always tell us what's going on with the legacy well how does this person rank with this one this is what they always do lebron james or michael jordan you know like we are always trying to compare contrast so we see big names do these things oh you're you're hurting your legacy oh it's hurting the sport but i'll be honest with you this is the sports combat sports There's always been an interjection between combat sports and entertainment from Muhammad Ali, fall pro wrestlers back in the day. Literally, if we go go all the way down with circuses and things like that, that's with with the old school catch wrestling days, which eventually evolved and grew. And those early catch wrestlers ended up getting into MMA. This is something that has always been part of the sport. This is. And and when we see it, I mean, shoot, look at even even if we look over at Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather, that's it's still granted it was a higher level because both of these individuals are high level um, combat sports athletes, albeit in different sports. It's still one of those things. So it's the thing about it is this is here to stay. There is a lane for it. And it kind of is one of those things that we have to embrace it because it is not going anywhere. Jake and Logan Paul. I hate to admit this, are the faces of boxing right now. It is what it is. <laughs> These two are the faces of boxing. Over the last six months, I have been forced to discuss these two buffoons for everything that they do. But you know what? They're doing an amazing job at what they're doing. The kids can actually fight. Jake can actually fight. Logan, who fought Floyd, can't really fight. But Jake can literally fight. And what they're doing is a lot of times they're actually bringing awareness to fighter pay and what certain organizations like the UFC isn't doing. So at the end of the day, I'm not mad at it. Is it a little annoying? Yes. But now we're starting to see TikTok versus versus YouTubers. And guess what? There was a huge card with that. And that card was entertaining. Some of these kids could actually fight. Does it actually do a disservice to the sport of boxing? No. Because guess what? We're on a political show right now, and we are talking about these YouTubers boxing. It's If it makes dollars, it makes sense. These guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, that was a great riff, by the way. Uh, I, you know, I started off. I got off a lot with, of practice. Yeah. You, I started <laughs> off with, a, uh, with my old man outrage. 
but I must confess one more time, I followed it. And if I prob if I had enough friends who wanted to watch it, we would have watched it. I mean, we would have paid. Hey, and I'm gonna be honest with you, the card itself, they had some good things on that card. I mean, and you know what? I'm gonna tell you, do you want to know what the best fight of that night was? The best performance of that evening was Chad Ochocinco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chad Ochocinco went out there and did us all proud. Yeah. He didn't look like, you know, he didn't, he went out there and fought a, a real combat sports athlete, somebody who has fought professional boxing, professional MMA, and is a current member of the professional, the, the uh, Bare Knuckle FC uh, fighting championship. So he fought a guy that is a real legitimate guy and won the fight. He yeah. won three out of the four rounds. He looked amazing doing it. And you can tell the man took the sport seriously. So there's an absolute lane for this. And he got paid a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lane for it. So what is that lane? Who is watching this? The, okay. So the one thing I've realized, and here's the thing, that that 18 to 28 demographic or so, the ones that are really into, you you know, to, to TikTok and YouTube and things like that, they enjoy the spectacle of it. They're the ones that really love the, the nonsense, the Paul brothers, the TikTok versus YouTubers. They get a kick out of it. It's guys like us from, from the, the, you know, the, the, the 28 to 50 category that looks at it and says, because we, we appreciate the sport. We look at combat sports like this unique gladiators going at it and when you see these kids going in here who aren't these same gladiators that aren't putting the same type of love and appreciation into the sport we look at them like clowns but they're doing the work they're actually doing the work they're not embarrassing themselves and they're tricking all these doofies that think they can't fight and they're beating them up and getting <laughs> honestly a name off of them so salute to what those guys and what they're doing their lane is honestly entertainment this is this is akin to wwe it really is yeah uh all right well let's uh discuss did you watch the fight you watched of the course. fight correct? okay of course. <laughs> the man watched, of course the I watched fight. it. all right let's break it down i uh i've seen i i did not watch it but i followed it i read everything about it i was obsessed with it so by the way, thank you for putting me in the uh, 28 to 50 category. God bless you, Sergio. Uh, if I'm in that category, oh, if you double it, <laughs> double the 28. Oh, whatever, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 um, I followed the, the, the fight. I followed the, the hype for the fight. I felt it. And I have to tell you that I enjoy the hype for a fight almost as much as I like the fight itself. So just everything about it, the weigh-ins, the stare-downs, the trash-talking, the uh, what was it, Canelo, after his fight, the father of the next fighter showed up in the locker room, I mean, at the press conference, I don't know if you saw this, he, he invaded the press conference and says, my boy wants a shot at you, you know what no, I mean? That was his trainer, that was Demetrius Andre going out there, his trainer was out there yelling at Canelo Alvarez after the fight, absolutely, I saw it, but you know what? They're, 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 he's, he's, he's looking for a fight. He's yes, looking he for a fight. And he's, one of the, and he's one of the best guys in the world. So those guys are supposed to, but you're right. That, that is part of the, the, the allure of combat sports. That is a part of it. The, the, the buildup for it. This is grown man soap operas. This is what this is. This is why we love it as much as we actually do. They're amazing storylines, the buildup, 
the weigh-ins. Ooh, look what he looks like. Did he lose too much weight? Oh, what, what you know, is he in his head? We enjoy this stuff. Yeah. This is part of the, the beauty of the game. Um, and the thing is about it is that these kids have been able to exploit it. Now, I'll say this. The fight was terrible. <laughs> the fight was absolutely terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, this, it was a glorified sparring session yeah. with Floyd Mayweather. And here's the thing. Floyd Mayweather is head and shoulders above this kid in terms of skill-wise. But listen, he also is outweighed by 50 pounds. So as much as skill-wise he was able to outlast him and, and outpoint him, Floyd wasn't going to get him out of there. He doesn't have enough power to end up getting him out of there. And yes, did he carry him the first five or so rounds of the fight? He absolutely carried him. And for those who do not know, carrying a fighter is that when you're pretty much just keeping them around in order to continue building and selling the fight. So that's what he was doing. He's carrying them for the first half of the fight. Middle of the fight, he tried to get him out of there. Then he realized he's too big and then <laughs> box his face off the rest of the time. I'll say this. It was it was a boring fight. There's only 76 strikes. I mean, punches, I believe, landed in the entire fight. It was slow paced. But at the end of the day, what do we expect? We're looking at Floyd Mayweather, who is outweighed by 45 pounds against a guy who's terrible. It is what it is, you know. Yeah. But again, guess what? He made over a hundred million dollars to do so. And all of us are suckers that watched. Who you was wait, the real loser in this who, event? Is us. Who made the hundred million? Floyd or uh well, Paul? Floyd made a hundred million dollars. Logan Paul made 20. Damn. Would I fight Sergio Vicente for $20 million? I'd spent the entire fight running would. away I, from him. Hey, <laughs> hey shoot. I, I, I would fight Floyd May. I would fight anybody for $20 million. You can put me out there against whoever you want, a gorilla for all that matter. I'm there. <laughs> you, you know what, what sold the fight for me, uh, what, what drew me in, was this, you're going to laugh at this. I was worried for Floyd Mayweather. I was like, is he going to lose to this doofus? And part of this is is, is left over from when the brother, um, Jake Paul, knocked out Nate Robinson. I love Nate Robinson. He used to play for the Bulls. He was a bass. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Nate, Robin, Nate, Nate Robinson got knocked out because Nate Robinson didn't take it seriously. Nate Robinson got knocked out because he's not a boxer. And he went in there against a kid who can actually box. Jake Paul takes boxing extremely seriously. Jake Paul is actually very good. And he went out there like, I'm just going to beat this kid up because I'm a pro athlete and he's not. Big mistake, buddy. You went out there and went into a, a man's game and realized that you're not the biggest hitter on the block. And to top it off, he was outweighed also <laughs> by about 20 pounds. Yes. So you have these people don't understand how big these, these Paul kids are. They're both about six two, and they walk around like two ten. They're big kids, yeah. and they can crack in terms of you know their power. So Jake has skills. Nate 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 Robinson embarrassed himself and embarrassed the NBA community. He embarrassed the culture. Dare I say he embarrassed the black community and what he did in that day. It was terrible, awful, awful what he did. He didn't take it seriously, and he's a meme now forever because of. Well, by the way, you raise a good point. I'm going to come right back to it. Let's not talk and dodge this Please one. Please do. Uh, the black community. If you notice, the white celebrities take on black athletes. And to me, this is just the great white hope 
Oh, that's exactly what it yes. is. Over and over and over again. And white people, I know, and they won't admit it, maybe they will in certain settings, mm. are hoping to watch the white guy knock out the black guy. And that's what, with, that's what happened with Nate Robinson. And let me just yes. say this, folks, so you don't follow this. Jake Paul is so much bigger. Nate Robinson is a basketball player, but he he's short. He's about my height. Which, he's 5'8". You know, he's 5'8". That's pretty much he's where five, I eight. am. Uh, and uh, he's 5'8". Wow. And he's 5'9 with shoes on. Yeah, maybe he's weighs muscly. one. He's, he's muscly, but he's still only 175 pounds tops. He's not a big guy. So, Sergio, talk about that, the racial end of this, this, the racial psychology of promoting the fight. Well, here's the thing. We are clan-like in our behavior in terms of just people. Look look at politics. You're red or blue. If you, and if you're not, the hell with you. And really, that's how people look at it. So anytime we, we have fights, people get extremely, extremely tribal in what they do. So when you have anybody, I mean, the Mexicans are always going to go and go follow their fighters. Puerto Ricans are always going to follow their blood. And, and that is what people do. Just we're tribal in nature. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and hitch our wagon to who looks like us, who we feel we can connect to. So that is what we do get. And we can absolutely admit, I mean, it's combat sports absolutely leans into those things in certain times. You always have the Puerto Rico versus Mexico matchup. In the UFC, you have Kobe Covington's doofy self going out there fighting against Kamaru Usman, and he's saying as much vile things about Kamaru and, 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 and things. And he was, and they were absolutely, absolutely, absolutely utilizing and pigeonholing race in order to continue getting dollars. That is what they do. Unfortunately, I hate it. I think it's a terrible thing that we're, we're doing, but it is the reality of it. So in terms of looking at these kids, Yes, you have these guys, and they're loving every second of it going up here and knocking out these dudes. But forget, you forget, he also knocked out Ben Askren in his last fight as well. So he is an equal opportunity knockout artist. He's going out here and, 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 and thump, thumping everybody. And I, I will say this. In terms of the Paul kids, I'm not put, painting them with that brush. I think they're leaning into certain things because they understand what sells. And let's be very, very, very honest. Black culture sells more than anything in the world, not even this country, in the world. Black American culture sells. So white athletes are absolutely going to lean into it in order to try to get dollars even more. Look at Conor McGregor. And that is why you have phrases like culture vultures within our community, because you have these people that are literally in, in, trying to be vultures within the culture. That is what they do. It, it is what it is. But it's because our culture sells more than anything else. Wow! Yeah, it's uh, it was you're you're really whether you realize it or not, echoing Chris Rock. He went on a whole riff about that why baseball is uh, uh, he has a whole riff about how come baseball's popularity is falling. He goes, I'm not going to imitate Chris Rock, but he not enough brothers is what he said. And it's not. uh, I can tell you that you remember I went to college to play baseball. And I stopped playing baseball in order to to, to go in MMA in, in, in combat sports. There, baseball, unfortunately, they they want to be we're the good old boys game. We're still like you know how we used to be in the past, and this is what we want, dude. Baseball sucks. 
Nobody wants to watch it. It's boring as ever. And not only is it super boring, you know what will fix baseball? I'll tell you exactly what fix baseball. You put more of like the NBA does, lean into the culture. And guess what? Let those boys juice to the gills. I want home runs. I want juice bats. I want juice baseball. You cannot tell me that 1998 was not the greatest season of baseball in history. You cannot tell me that's not the case. So baseball, Bud Selig, oh, you're dead now. I don't know who the hell is in charge now. Whoever you are, let them juice to the gills. Do what they have to do because if you don't allow that to happen, no one's going to care. And guess what? Nobody cares. Yeah, that's a great riff. Rob Manford, I believe, is the commissioner of baseball. 1998, the year, as Sergio alluded to, is the year that Sammy Sosa for the Cubs and Mark McGuire from the Cardinals went on a tear to see who was going to break uh, Babe Ruth's record. And both of them were on steroids. All the juice. All of uh, it. They were juice to the gills. Okay, okay, so please explain this one to me. This is a tangent that I didn't say we were going to discuss, but please explain this one to me. So you got athletes, and I, I I talked about this on the show, Sergio. You have athletes who will do whatever it takes to be great in their sport. And that means, like, hours and hours of weightlifting, running, uh, juicing with steroids. They're still trying to cheat, taking pills. You know what's still going on. Allegedly. 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 Yeah, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. But when it comes to getting a shot to immunize them from – COVID, which would expose their whole families. Oh, no, that's a personal thing. Anthony, I can't talk about that. Now, please, I'll say this. this. I I will say this. And and I and I am and I am absolutely vexed. I'm team Pfizer gang. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? I'm absolutely. uh, I I did my due diligence as an American, but I, I will say this. Originally, I was extremely skeptical as well. It usually takes 18 months for a, a, a proper vaccine to go through all the processes to get a healthy, solid vaccine. They're trying to push out a vaccine at eight months, six, seven, between six and eight months. I'll be also very honest with you. With the last regime that was in, in terms of the Trump campaign, if he was still in charge, I absolutely would not have gotten vac- uh, vaccinated. I am not going to lie about that uh, because of all of the misinformation and things that have that, that have, was coming out of that administration. And also as a black man living in this country, I have remnants and thoughts of the Tuskegee experiments and other things like that. So I always have had, and again, that's why I understand as black people, we have reservations on those specific topics and things. So I was, I was not about to get vaccinated either at the beginning, but with time, once you see that the science is good, that's behind it. And once you actually realize that at the end of the day, once you get vaccinated, you cannot pass it to somebody else. As an American, that should be what should that, that should entice you. It doesn't matter about me. I want to make sure that all of us, everyone wants to talk about where we're Americans, we're patriotic. If you're American, you're patriotic, take care of your fellow man. Get vaccinated so that we're not passing it on to anybody else. That's being patriotic. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people are under there's so much of and, and honestly, I blame media and i blame the government essentially because at the end of the day nobody wants to call a spade a spade nobody wants to be honest so there's so much nonsense going back and forth and we can again we'll talk about it as well i mean the democrats are proving right now they're just as asinine as trump was over the last four years 
Joe Biden, I, I was on your show, sat there many a times talking about how this dude is an, is a, an utter fool and he's proving <laughs> me right. He continues to prove me right. And I voted for the fool. He proved me absolutely right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and again, we're talking about somebody that, and, and I'll say it, that black people, we are the ones that put him in office. And he is the one that is solely responsible for writing the bill that has incarcerated more black Americans than any, any other bill in American history. He did that. And we still put him in office. So there is a long way to go about saying why a lot of individuals, are one, didn't feel safe, didn't feel comfortable in taking them. So some of these athletes, some of them are idiots. Let's just be very honest. Well, I'm just going to say this right now. People have some good things. The face of opposition in Chicago is Anthony Rizzo. He's not black. And he doesn't. He he wouldn't know about the Tuskegee experiment if you put it right in front of him. So I'm just saying, he's the face of it, and the preposterous yeah, and again, stuff. People that, like that. This is being doofy, goofies. Like, but you, this is what I don't not, understand. I, it's just like the psychology of athletes. Like what you you laid out more or less. Uh, would I call them rational reasons? But I I would say in many ways. It, uh, there was a re- there was an explanation for your paranoia. The Tuskegee yes. experiments are yeah. real. Donald Trump yeah. was a liar. To believe that Donald he Trump is a liar. Let's say he's still here. He's a, excuse me. He's you're such right. A liar. Yeah, you're right. I sit corrected. Uh, so it is. I can understand why you would be skeptical to put it mildly at at a solution espoused by Trump, which, by the way, he was espousing at the very time he was telling MAGA that there's no such thing as when the he pandemic. When was good. Yeah. So he, when he knew it was real. All right. But to me, most athletes will do absolutely anything they can to win. If you tell an athlete who has a broken foot, this will cure your foot. A lot of guys will take a pop of pill. That will, okay, if this will make my foot better, I'll t- but when it came, <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't, well, you know, they well, draw the line I mean, at the vaccine. It is? It, it, it is also athletes, especially athletes like a Rizzo, people are, feel as if they're invincible. Yeah. They are the ones that are, look, I'm super healthy. I, you know, I have a nutritionist and, and a dietitian and, 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 a, and a private chef. And I get, tra- I have the best trainers in the world. They have all these things, so there is a, a, a sense of you know being naive, of saying this cannot happen to me because I am superhuman, and and, and for a lot of times, for a lot of things, it's true. These people are like, I'm healthy, I don't get sick because I'm I put so much of this into my body. There is a, a, a naiveness that goes on to that, and I think that athletes do have that. There is this irrational sense of confidence, irrational sense of invincibility that athletes at the highest level have. So for me, that is why I believe that happens with those athletes. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's silly. But at the same time, I think that is why it probably happens. All right. Uh, let's let's move on to the, the direction uh, about invin- invincibility. Uh, mm-hmm. Follow up on that. Get you talking about uh, Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers and to oh a lesser degree, oh, no. uh, Paul, <laughs> Paul George of the uh, Clippers. Uh, so uh, just for non-sports fans who are soldiering through this, uh, Ben Simmons is a great point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers who has developed 
a psychological inability to shoot. Now, I'm not making this up, ladies and gentlemen. When confronted with taking a jump shot in a game, he just gets petrified and he passes the ball. And part of this is a result of his inability to shoot a free throw. And in a basketball game, when you get fouled, you go to the free throw line, all the action stops, all eyes turn on you. Everybody's watching you. You're free, hence the name, to shoot the free throw without a defense. And yet, there's that feeling like, uh-oh, will I make this shot? Everybody's watching me. If I miss the shot, they'll know I missed it. There's like, you can't hide. And I think that's overwhelmed Ben Simmons. Watching Ben Simmons at the free throw line, Sergio, is 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 hard. You could just see the terror in his face. It's like me back in the day being afraid to do the back dive. When I was a kid, I was afraid to do the back dive because I couldn't bend and I would just land on my back. And after a while, no, I don't want to do the back dive. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, or me playing baseball when I was a kid, Sergio, that little ball scared the hell out of me. I always blinked, always turned my head. So, how do you, you're, you're an athlete, you are a professional athlete. Do you sympathize with Ben Simmons or are you at the Shaq school and you say, man it up, you went to LSU? What's your, what's your opinion of Ben Simmons? I feel bad for Ben Simmons. I'm going to be honest with you. It, it, it's one of those situations that it reminds me of almost like a Markel Fultz a couple of years ago. And as we see, Markel came back. He figured it out mentally, whatever he had to go through. He's come back, and he's actually become a, a damn good player, kind of the player that we anticipated that he was going to be. But he had to – another Philly guy, right? Philly, boy. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's Philly. I think it's Philly. I, you know, now, now I think about it, that it was Markel Fultz. He had to leave in order to end up getting better. Dude, I think there's an, an immense type of pressure – that goes into being in Philly. Their fans are terrible, as we all know. And, uh, you know, and I think that has uh, maybe something to do with it. I think he needs to get himself with a good mental coach. He, he can he can play. This kid is good. But at the end, he has all the skills in the world, but he's shooting 32% from the free throw line in the playoffs. Like, dude, you're worse than Shaq. Like, that's terrible. <laughs> and, and the fact that he passed up on a dunk in order to, he literally passed up on a dunk to so that he wouldn't have to take free throw shots. You feel bad for the kid. He needs to figure it out. But I honestly think, look, the pro, trust the pro, the process didn't work, guys. We're done trusting the process. The process is over. We need to start trading some pieces. You should have kept uh, Jimmy Butler. That's what you should have done, Philly. And until you guys, in, since you guys didn't do that, guess what? You're not going to win anything. It's not going to happen. Mentally, those guys don't have it on that team. And and I think it has to do something with – I think that their his co their coach did not put him in good positions. I think the coach didn't do a great job coaching. And I think at the end of the day, he needs he needs a shrink. He needs a, some kind of – and really, at this point in time, mental health is such a, an important topic. I think it's important that people – yes, we're, we're – they're athletes. We, we, we talk trash. We, we boo as fans and everything, and then we continue to crush them on social media and everything afterwards. Man, he's a young kid. He's in his 20s. You know, I'm sure this is, he's from Australia. He's really only lived in this country a couple years. So when you take all those things into account, I feel bad for him, but I think the answer is he needs to get out of film. Yeah. 
That's a great. I hadn't thought about the Philadelphia angle, but you're right. Philadelphia is notorious, ladies and gentlemen, for fans booing. That's what their thing is. So, like, if it, anything thing. is a bad moment in the game, uh, you in a Phil, and if it's in Philadelphia and the, and the home team, the Sixers are doing bad. Boo! Oh. You hear it come. Dude, they the boo announce, their own team. Yeah, they, they boo their, their own. Team. They boo their, their football team. team. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. And, uh, so, you, to be in Philly, you have to be, you have to have a different level of thick skin. And unfortunately, Ben Simmons doesn't have that, and he's not going to be able to thrive until he does, until he leaves there, in my opinion. By the way, the coach that uh, Sergio threw under the bus is the great Doc Rivers, Pride and Joy, Proviso East High School uh, in Maywood, Illinois. I'm just throwing that out there. Doc Rivers is a fantastic coach. Doc Rivers also has the most blown leads of any coach in NBA history. So let's talk about Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, as great as he was, had amazing teams with the Clippers, could never get them out of the first and second round. Ty Lue, the best current, the best coach, Ty, the best coaches in the NBA are currently Ty Lue and, and I'm, I'm blanking on Philadelphia's coach's name, but he's been a great coach for years and Nate McMillan in Atlanta. Yeah. Those are, in my opinion, are the Wait, three the Philadelphia best coach coaches. Doc Rivers. I don't know. No, you, not Philadelphia. In Atlanta, Atlanta's coaches and uh, I'm saying Phoenix's coach. Phoenix. Um, oh, Monty Williams. Monty, Monty Williams. Williams. Yes. Those, yeah. in my opinion, are the three best coaches in the league. And think about this. The Clippers have never been to a Western Conference Finals in the history of the team. This is the, the second full season that, that uh, Tyron Lue is there. It's, no, no, it's his first season. First full season that he's there, and he has already gotten them to that place without Kawhi Leonard. Keep that in account. He is a fantastic coach. I think that is an indictment on Doc Rivers. And I love I, Doc. I, by the way, before, dude. I, I love him. I, I love Doc Rivers. It's really hard for me to uh, take any criticism of him, but that's irrational. I admit that, uh, Sergio. But I think there's a trend happening uh, in the NBA, and the eyes woke up. Eyes were are open. Black coaches. Every coach you named is a black coach. And for years and years and years, there's an attitude, and this is me talking, not Sergio, so uh, he can speak for himself. But years and years and years, an attitude that white people have that black, there's this, yeah. He just, uh, 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 uh. yeah, that's just, you don't even have to articulate it in words. It's just like, uh, (laughs) you know, don't want to put the black guy in there. And I'm like, now all of a sudden, the best coaches, or at least the coaches whose teams are heading for the championship, are black guys. There's only one white coach of the four teams left. And so I think we're going to suddenly see. Like you talk about woke, <laughs> the, 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 they're going to be hiring black coaches. I think Boston even is hiring or getting ready to hire. Uh, now that's a, crazy. They did yeah. just hire, they did the, the Nets assistant coach. I can't remember the gentleman's name, Imre, uh, but yeah. he is Imre. Yeah. He's a yeah. fantastic coach, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's the same thing with football. What do you guys expect? The people that are the best ones who play the sport, you think they're not going to be the best minds in the game as well. In the NBA and the NFL, that's why it's asinine that the NFL doesn't have black coaches in that manner, because these are the individuals that are actually the ones bleeding, sweating, doing all the work on the field. Do you think they don't understand the game? They're the ones that are at the top of the game. So when I look at those things, this is something that should have happened a long, long time ago. And to this, it still isn't anywhere near where it absolutely should be. 
I'm with you 100%. And uh, by the way, the thing I like about Lou, first of all, he never got the credit he deserved in Cleveland. Never. They act, he won never. a championship with Cleveland. They acted like LeBron James coached the team. That's just the standard response. Uh, uh, and not, I know you have a little LeBron James hate in your heart, too. So we're not going to go. Like I said, LeBron James was a huge part of that. That, that team, he wouldn't have won anything without LeBron. Let, let's, 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 let's keep it a bean. As okay, wait. Say. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Let me defend myself. Uh, he would not have won without LeBron, correct. But LeBron would not have won without his wisdom, his cool, and his calm. I'm talking about Lou, the coach. Man, because LeBron they James fired, if you me, recall. You coaching that team. With, <laughs> no, because they you had a coach. You were not going to coach that team. <laughs> they had, that team was terrible, man. Well, they had Kyrie, it's true. But other than and that, Kevin, Kevin Love. Kevin Love, you're right. Tristan Thompson, uh, uh, uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's uh, apropos. Camera went out, but we can still hear you. Uh, we're actually out of time, and I didn't get a chance to ask you about policing, but you know what, Sergio, that issue's not going anywhere. The next time you come it on the show, going we'll, anywhere. we'll start with politics and then move to sports. How about that? Absolutely. Before we go, just tell folks if they want to hear your podcast, how they can find it and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Ben, thank you so much for having me on today. Always a pleasure. Um, you know, I, I miss being in studio over there with you. Uh, but no, you can find me everywhere podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. All social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Ben, thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate your time, man. This has been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. It's been too long. We'll bring you back uh, more frequently. Uh, the great Sergio Vicente. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.